Brilliant. Okay, well, today I get to kick off our brand new series on the Lord's Prayer, and the series is called Teach Us to Pray. Is there a um, thing up there? PowerPoint, that would be handy. Is it echoey? He'll sort that out as we go along. He'll be all right. Okay, so I'm starting a new series called Teach Us to Pray, and it's a series based on the Lord's Prayer. Um, and you can read uh, the Lord's Prayer in a couple of places. You can read it... Oh, sorry, youth. See you later. Um, you can read the Lord's Prayer in a couple of different places. You can read it in Luke chapter 11. And this is where the disciples go to Jesus. And they've obviously been watching Jesus and recognise there's something but, uh, to, to do with what he does. And the prayer, that the amount of time he prays, has got, they've got a cor- correlation there. And so the disciples go to Jesus and say, Will you teach us? To pray. And uh, in Luke chapter 6, he says, okay, and he gives them a version of the Lord's Prayer. We also find the Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew chapter 6, and this is the version that we're going to spend most of our time in throughout this series. Obviously, the, 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 um, the Lord's Prayer is also used in lots of other places, like uh, churches throughout the centuries have used it as a way of uh, lots of different people praying something together, unified. It's really great. To, we, sometimes we do it here. We're going to do it over the next few weeks, praying the Lord's Prayer together. And then often people use the Lord's Prayer as a structure for their prayer life. So you don't just, just say the Lord's Prayer. You might start with the first line, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And you'd unpack that a bit and you'd pray that to God and you'd worship him for a little while. And then you'd say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you explore that idea and you pray into different things that you want to see the kingdom of God come into. And then you just take it line by line. So people throughout the centuries have found this um, really helpful Over the past year, we've looked at the subject of prayer on a number of occasions. And that's because we primarily, when we're doing preaching, is we preach through a book in the Bible. And what you find is, as you read through any book in the Bible, prayer comes up pretty quickly. So if you cast your mind back all the way to Nehemiah, which was uh, kind of September, October... uh, Nehemiah hears about the, the city walls of Jerusalem and how they've been knocked down. And the people living in Jerusalem are in danger. And so the whole of chapter 1 of Nehemiah is, is, is basically a prayer where Nehemiah falls to his knees, he fasts and he prays for a few weeks that God would intervene into this situation. So right at the beginning of the book of Nehemiah, we were introduced to the idea of prayer. Uh, later on in the year, we did a, a series in the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians, Paul is writing to a church, telling them about God, telling them about what, who they are in Christ. But he can't help himself from just falling into prayer every now and then. And I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Or I pray that you, together with all the saints, may be able to grasp how high and wide and deep and long. And, and he just keeps on breaking into prayer spontaneously. So you can see from Paul's life, prayer is a real part of, of what, you know, central to what he's doing. And then we've looked at the Gospel of Mark as well. And we see how frequently Jesus would stop what he was doing, healing the sick, preaching, doing whatever it was he was doing, and he would go and spend time with his father. It's interesting, isn't it? You think of, if anyone, when you ask the question, is prayer important? 
Just think about how often Jesus went and prayed and you think, well, it must be. If Jesus had to pray, <laughs> then surely it is an important thing to be doing. And, um, and one of the things that really strikes me when you read about Jesus praying is he's not praying because it's his duty. He's praying because he wants to be with his father. And that is one of the keys to prayer, actually. Not seeing it as a duty, but seeing it as a joy. It's an opportunity to spend some time with God. And I hope throughout this series, that's going to come out a lot. So you see how in Nehemiah, with the Apostle Paul and Jesus himself, prayer was at the very heart of everything they were doing. But it's not just the Bible times. Uh, throughout church history, if you, if you think of any church or um, you know, Christian hero, I bet if you, if you looked into their life, prayer was core, was central to who they were and what they were seeing happening. I've got just three examples here. Corrie Ten Boom. Has anyone heard of this lady? There we go. Here's another. Uh, she, she wrote a, uh, a kind of biography called The Hiding Place. If you're looking for some summer reading, um, it's a powerful story. So that would be a good one to go to as well. Um, and, and, and let me tell you a bit of her story. So the, the Nazis were coming and taking Jews and putting them into concentration camps. And Corrie Ten Boone and her family would take families and individuals, Jew Jewish people, and hide them in the floorboards of, of her house to try and rescue them from, from going into concentration camps. Amazing bravery. And eventually her whole family got found out and they got taken to concentration camps. Most of them died. She experienced the most horrific uh, things while she was in the concentration camp. Um, and, but she kept faithful to God. And she would say that prayer was central to the reason she could remain faithful from God. She could pray her tears to God, her anger, her sadness, her kind of, what are you doing, God, and her worship to God. She, and as she prayed that, it gave her the strength to endure. And amazingly, a few years after, she, uh, she, she, survived, um, she survived it. And then amazingly, a few years later, she, she was uh, preaching somewhere, and one of the guards from the place that she had been held, came and after and said, will you forgive me? And she said, I, can't, I couldn't forgive him in that moment. I couldn't, and that's no surprise. But she prayed, and God gave her some strength, and they hugged, and she forgave an amazing story of forgiveness. Later on, she talks about prayer. She says, and I love this, she says, is prayer uh, a spare will or your steering will? She said, so many people, they treat uh, the, as, as their spare will. So it's like, oh, things have blown up. Let's go and pray about it. Oh, things have gone wrong. Let's go and pray about it. Where she's saying, that's the wrong way round. When you're thinking about prayer, it's about, God, I'm coming to you. I'm getting my direction from you. You're going to show me where to go. You're going to give me the lead on it. Okay? And sometimes it does blow up, and you have to pray in those situations. But she's saying, the point of prayer is to, to be led into the presence of God and to know his will. So she's an inspiration, isn't she? Think about Billy Graham, who over his lifetime saw many hundreds and thousands of people make some kind of commitment to Jesus. And uh, an incredible guy, and spoke to presidents and spoke to world leaders and, and really taught people about Jesus in the midst of you know, power and, and speaking it to, to very powerful people. And you can bet that he was a prayer. He would talk about it a lot in, what, in his biography. He would talk about it a lot. 
Um, but someone near the end of his life said to Billy Graham, if you could do your time again, what would you do differently? And his answer was, I'd pray more. I'd pray more. Billy Graham. So th- there's, a, there's a good challenge there. Closer to home, there were Reverend Les Isaacs. Um, so he started off street pastors. We've got some uh, members of the street pastors that go out um, from, from into the whole of London and, and uh, in the middle of the night and help people that may be a bit worse for wares, make sure they get home safely, give them an opportunity to get prayed for and to hear the gospel. Uh, he would say that there is no point in doing any of that unless we're praying. Um, where, where's his quote? I've lost it. Yeah, prayer is the unseen, listen to this, prayer is the unseen key to the success of every ministry in the church. Every ministry. If if we're not praying, there's not much point. It's the key to it. So for men and women in the Bible and for heroes of the Christian faith, prayer has always played a pivotal and essential part of their ministry. Beth Moore puts it like this. She says, "There there are parts of our calling... Every single one of you has a calling from God. There are parts of our calling, works of the Holy Spirit and defeats of darkness that will come no other way than through uh, furious, fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. And there's a challenge. How much of our prayer looks like that? But man, imagine if it was. There's a problem And the problem is, it seems to me that there's a disconnect between our understanding of the significance of prayer and our ability or willingness to actually pray. So we know that prayer is important. Every Christian would say, yeah, prayer is an important part of being a Christian. Yet for many of us, days go by, weeks go by, years go by, and you think, I haven't prayed very much. There's a disconnect going on. I know this isn't true of everyone. There are, there are a number of prayer warriors in our church who know what it is to get on their faces before God and seek him out for, for what he's got for them. I've asked Pete King to preach in a couple of weeks' time, and the reason I've done that is because over many years, I have seen how pivotal prayer is in his life. I used to live with him, um, and, and it was a, it was a big part of his life then I've watched him and I know him well and every day he's he's seeking God and so I'm like Pete will you will you preach for us will you teach us a little bit about prayer and I'm sure and I know there are many other people in the church that have got incredibly rich prayer lives and nobody even knows about it I had the pleasure of spending a year with Pete so I got to see it but for many people you're doing it and no one looks except your father who is in heaven But I also know that many of us find it a real struggle. It is something we feel like we should be doing more of. And we know it's really important. But most of the time, urgent things take its place. So we get bored of praying. And so we don't pray. Or we don't see the answers to our prayers very quickly. And so we don't pray. Or the answers we get are not the answers we want. And so we don't pray. Or we get tired, and so we don't pray. That's what Jesus said, the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That was talking about the disciples' inability to stand with him in prayer. We may be, for you, you, you think prayer comes naturally for other people, but it doesn't come naturally for you. 
It's like some people are naturally athletic and so they would love to go for a run, but I'm not naturally athletic, so I'm not going to run. Or that person's naturally great at cooking. They just know what flavours to put with what flavours. I'm not like that, so I'm not going to cook. That person just loves praying. They love spending their time seeking God. I'm just not wired that way, and so I'm not going to pray. That's the attitude that some of us have. We can think of 101 excuses not to pray, I'll bet. And yet we know prayer is vitally important. The disciples knew that prayer was important, and so, but they found it really tough. Just think of that. The Apostle Peter, who wrote the books of the Bible, Jesus' right-hand man, found prayer tough. So what did he do? He asked Jesus to teach him how to pray. And so in this summer series, we're going to get to to kind of participate in a school of prayer alongside the disciples. If you know that prayer is important, but you find it tough, this is the place to be. Because we're going to learn from the master himself, Jesus Christ. The way we're going to do it is we're going to unpack, after this week, we're going to unpack the prayer line by line. Different people are going to take one one line and explain what it means and it will make the whole prayer burst open to you I'm sure Uh, and hopefully it will enable you to get a deeper richer more enjoyable I'm I'm actually praying for this that we by the end of this we will enjoy praying more than we did before we started it amen because we get to be with our father in heaven okay right so let's get cracking in Matthew you, can, you could turn to Matthew um, chapter 6 if you've got your Bibles. In Matthew, Jesus starts his lesson on how to pray by telling us how not to pray. Uh, because you can pray in a bad way. You can't waste God's time, but you can waste your own time. And there are certain ways of praying that is just a waste of your own time, to be honest with you. Um, and this is the kind of prayer that God won't listen to Um, so let's not do it let's read from uh, chapter 6 and uh, he'll explain what kind of prayer he doesn't like in fact I'm going to read a little bit more than just um, the the, the bits on prayer so I'm going to start from chapter 1 sorry yeah you know what I mean chapter 6 verse 1 okay I'm just checking okay be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will, have, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their rewards in full. But when you give to the needy, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what you've done in secret, will reward you. Are you right to click me on? And when you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing uh, in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling on like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray, our father in heaven. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive, I think I always think this is the most shocking verse or the most scary verse in the Bible. For if you forgive others, other people when they, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others to show others their fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. 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 Hypocrites and pagans. When Jesus talks about giving praying and fasting, he tells us that we shouldn't do it like the hypocrites. Now, the hypocrites were religious men who worked really hard to impress other people. Their main concern was, do I look holy? Do I look good? Do I look like a better version of everyone else? That was their main hope. They were pretenders. They were, they were play actors. Their main concern was not actually the prayers they were praying. They didn't care what God was thinking in those moments. They thought about what everyone else was thinking. Jesus came across a lot of these people, and it was an attitude that he detested. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a story about he's talking to a group of people that are secure and confident in their own righteousness and that scorn everyone else. And he said this, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, I thank you, God. I'm not like other people. <laughs> Cheats, sinners. Adulterers. And I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I have. If that's your attitude, Jesus says, then you've received your reward in full. He detested that kind of attitude. Rather, Jesus said, the one you should care about is your Father in heaven. See, that's why making time to pray with our Father in heaven is such an important thing. Jesus isn't interested in how many of the external things we're doing. He's interested in our hearts. And the way we know what's going on in our hearts is because that's our secret place. We go to our Father and he sees what's truly going on. Imagine that. Jesus says, don't go just to God, but go to your Father in heaven. That's going to get unpacked next week. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, what does it mean for, for, for us to go to our Father in heaven? But this, basically, Jesus is saying this is an invitation not to look good, but it's an invitation to spend time with your Father in heaven. Jesus is not saying that church prayer meetings or meeting together to pray with other people is bad. Okay? Jesus spent lots of time praying with other people. The, the early church spent a lot of time 
praying as a church for, for God to break in, for the Holy Spirit to move powerfully. So that's definitely not what he's saying. Here's the key. When we're praying, we are not coming to pray to impress one another. We're coming to pray to seek the face of our Father in heaven. Um, actually, I, 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 didn't, I, only, I saw John Harris. Where's John Harris? John. Can you just explain what you do on a... I've thrown you in this completely. Could you just explain what you do on a Saturday? Yeah, yeah go on. You can come up. It's the blue one. Here you go. Um, so on Saturday mornings, there's a group of us that meet and we pray. So in the summer, we, go, we, end, we turn up at Southwark Park... And from quarter to eight, um, we walk around Southwark Park and we prayer walk. So we, we start off, we read a, a verse from the Bible, whatever that might be for the day. Over the past few weeks, we've been, we've been focusing on the series of Ephesians and Mark, so we pray for that. It starts us off, we start praying about God's glory, God's magnificence, how good he is. It spurs us on. After that, we'll go on to pray for things that are on our hearts, um, our kids, the youth, um, some, some of the guys come, their kids aren't coming to church, we pray for, we pray for those kids, and, and those, the, their kids are a, are a picture of the worldwide church as well, so we pray for the, 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 sort of the teenagers who aren't coming, bring them back. We pray, we pray for Sharon and Lex almost every week, um, we pray for um, Alison and for Dean and Donna, we pray for things on the church. Um, and um, we do that at um, every Saturday. We, I mean, can I plug this? Go over it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop you from. I wasn't expecting to this. So, um, I mean, it's it's stopped for the summer um, because people aren't here. But we'll um, back in September. We'll be starting up again, and then um, we'll be, we'll put a notice in the work in, we'll put a, a notice in the sheet. Come and join us. Come and pray. One of the things Chris said was a, a praying church is a church that gets things done. A praying church is an on-fire church. We all, we all want that. We all want our church to be on fire. We've got to pray. Mm. When I pray at home, I sit down and I'll be daydreaming pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good at it. But when I'm walking around, we've got Paul Ferret, keeps us amused um, with his praying. <laughs> He's good. Um, we walk around. Our minds are stimulated. We're walking. We're thinking. We're praying. We pray prayers. It inspires us. Um, yesterday, I prayed for 50 minutes. It just inspired us. We just kept praying and praying and praying. So, yeah, come and join us. Um, and it'd be lovely to see you. And lovely to see the church built up. Lovely to see the church being on fire. Seeing God's kingdom come. Seeing God's kingdom move. Seeing the things that those three people, um, Corey Ten Boom, Les Isaacs and Billy Graham, seeing the things that those three people said come into City Hope Church. And that is what we can all do together to do that. So, yeah, great. Thank you. Well done, John. I can go home now. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, see, I, I would love us to actually, as a church, grow in our desire to meet together. Currently, when we have our, our prayer meetings on a, a, on a Friday evening once a month, we get around maybe between 20 and 40 people coming along. But 
If we really believed that when we were coming together, we were seeking and finding the heart of God, if we really believe what Beth Moore said, that there's parts of our calling, the works of the Holy Spirit, the defeats of darkness, that will come in no other way than through fr- uh, furious, fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer, don't you think we'd pray more? Don't you think that would become a bigger... Uh, I'm going to tell you a, a secret. I'm going to tell you a trade secret. And, and uh, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but... I can, I can pretty much guarantee that we can double our numbers at a prayer meeting if I say we've got some juicy information to let you know. <laughs> if, if, we, if we said there's some serious stuff going on, you need to come to the prayer meeting to, to find out. We'll get a lot more people coming to our services. Uh, and, and in one sense, that's, that's really, really, really good. Because actually there are moments in life where it's like we need to seek the face of God and, and we come together. In another sense, just thinking about what Corrie Ten Boone says, it's a little bit kind of trust, relying on the spare wheel type of prayer rather than the driving wheel kind of prayer. Do you know what I mean? And so my challenge would really be, can we make prayer more central and a more essential part of our life as a church? Because I, I believe, you know, in, it's important sometimes to seek the face of God. And there are times where we just have to say, please make sure you're there. But we can do it more often, I think. Uh, you know, it's, maybe you're thinking, you know, I can't come because my, my kids are, are, are kind of, I haven't got anyone to look after my kids. You can bring them along and we'll work it through. We'll have a good time together. Um, but I, I just, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge there. Let's, let's make our prayer meetings, not, not the kind of burst tire thing but the steering wheel type of thing. Amen? Good, sorry. I hope that wasn't too heavy. <laughs> um, so we, we pray together to seek the heart of God for this area. We want to know his will and his ways. He carries on by saying this. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So Jesus warns us not to pray like the hypocrites and then um, because they want to they do it for the glory of themselves to, to kind of impress everyone else, not because of their father. And then he warns us not to pray like the pagans. Why does he warn us of this? Well, the pagans have got many gods. The god of the sun, god of the sea, god of the sea. I'm thinking about Chris. Uh, yeah, a god, you know, loads. And this here, this guy here, Junus, I think his name is, him, her, I don't know. Um, god of the gates. So they got a god of everything. And, um, and, and what would happen is they would have to pray to all of these gods to make sure that, um, that they were covered. And they didn't want to offend the gods and they didn't want the gods not to hear them. And so they would pray these kind of short, pithy prayers, but over and over and over again, just to make sure that they're covering their backs. But Jesus says... That's not what you have to do. That's not how you need to do it. When you pray, you pray to your Father in heaven. And before you even open your mouth, he knows what you need. Don't you think that's incredible? Just think about that for a moment. When you come to pray to your Father in heaven, he already knows everything that you need. Your times of prayer, therefore, do not need to be times of listing off requests to God, as if he didn't know your needs. 
They don't have to be filled with fear that maybe God won't hear you or you've, you've missed something somewhere or that he'll be angry with you because he knows you. He knows everything. One God, we're meeting with him. He's our Father in heaven who loves us. What an amazing kind of difference it is to have that security of knowing who our Father in heaven is. And he's all-powerful and he's almighty and he loves us and he knows our needs. When Joe Peacock was praying earlier, it was, that, was a, that was an example of that. Or when um, uh, Stu was praying about, you know, when, we've, when we're going through these times, God, when we come into the presence of God, he already knows our needs. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. That's when we start asking for things. It's like most of the way through the prayer. Jesus, on the, you know, in, in the storm, when Jesus, there was a, he was on a boat and there was a storm rising up, he was just asleep in the storm. Why is that? Because he knows who his Father in heaven is. Imagine if we could have that kind of faith in God. So our prayers are not just times of asking God for lots of different things. They can be times of spending time with your Father in heaven. There can be times of finding strength in him, times of uh, finding real peace in him, a peace that transcends understanding. Your prayers can be a time to stop and stop speaking and times to listen to what your Father in heaven has got to say to you. So when you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites who feel they need to put on a show for other people. Let's remember that we're coming to our Father in heaven who sees our hearts and loves us the same. Let's not pray like the pagans who are afraid that the gods will be angry or not hear their requests. But let's remember that we come to our Father in heaven who loves us and who already knows what we need. Should we stand together? I'm just going to pray. In fact, let's, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our truth as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can come right into your presence. We can do that now. We can do it tonight. We can do it tomorrow morning. What an honor and what a privilege. We don't want to waste this opportunity. We don't want it to be a chore, but we want it to be a joy. Lord, I pray for people that, that do find it hard Lord, I thank you they're, they're not on their own. The disciples were in the same place, but you taught them. And they become powerful men and women who, could, who knew how to pray. And I pray that for us as a church. Lord God, we don't believe we can do anything without you. And we want to get hold of your will and your ways. Lord, we want to see many things happen in this area, Lord God. We want to see things breaking out in our families and in our schools and in our neighbourhoods and where we work. But Lord, we know that nothing's going to happen unless we learn to meet you in the place of prayer. And so I pray for it, Lord God. Let, it, let us be challenged and inspired and excited. Lord, let us know the joy of spending time with our Father in heaven. Amen. 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 Thank you very much.